Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Talked podcast. I am back today with Abby Halberstadt. M is for mama, as many of you know her. And we are talking about her new book, Hard is Not the Same Thing as Bad. And this is a beautiful book, so well-written. Um, Abby, your heart has just been poured into this book. I love, um, I love that you're so transparent from the very beginning. I mean, like from the introduction, you're talking about your struggle with your girls and their car seats, and uh, you know, and, and that is motherhood is hard. It's a struggle, and it's it's worth doing. Of course, um, it's not something we can just say, yeah, you know what, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many blessings in it. Sure. Um, but but it can it can be a hard road. Um, so we're going to get back into this conversation about her new book. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Well, Abby, we are back um, in, in, in Monday's episode. If you guys missed Monday, go back and listen to that episode. She's giving kind of the introduction to the book and what led her to write it. And we we're talking about how hard is not always bad. And we oftentimes think that anything that's hard must be bad. But if hard is not always bad, is hard always good? Answer that question because that would be right the contrast to yes. the title of the book. Yeah. So I think that we have a movement to really downplay or, or be really angry about something that people are labeling toxic positivity. You're always trying to look at the positive. You're not even willing to acknowledge my pain. You're glossing over the hard parts for the sake of this kind of unrealistic view of motherhood. No, no, we're not. We are saying there is joy in the pain, but the pain is still there. Mm -hmm. But then the question comes, what if the pain is self-inflicted because we have bad habits? Mm. What if the pain is literally nothing we've done to ourselves at all, but it's because we live in a fallen world and there's disease and there's abuse and there's people that don't do right. Are you saying that's good, Abby? No, I'm not. Remember that we said heart is not the same thing as. The very important distinction that I want to make is when we immediately equate hard and bad, we harden our hearts toward any goodness that could come from it. But we are not meant to be martyrs. We are called to take up our cross for Christ because He's promised that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Mm -hmm. So we are not over here dragging along this cross in our own strength. Instead, we are saying, I would rather have the mantle of Christ on my shoulders than all of this worldly like social pressure and all the stuff to do everything perfectly and look shiny and happy like everything's good all the time, right? Yeah. So I fully acknowledge cancer is bad. I fully acknowledge abuse is bad. I fully acknowledge staying up till two in the morning and then trying to mother well when you got up at six is a really bad idea. That's not a hard that we want to do to ourselves. And I devote entire chapters in the book to this concept of self-inflicted hard that we can make better choices about, and also Mm -hmm. the kinds of hards that we might not be able to um, control immediately, but that we're not just high-fiving each other about, yay, look look how fun this is. Right, right. So you have Lots of kids, and you're mm-hmm. they they range in age from is seventeen your oldest? Yes. Okay, and your youngest is two. Uh, he will they will Almost be three two. in a month. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've been through the gamut. You you've been through all the stages of everything motherhood. but adult children. Yep. Right. Right. Which, man, you know, I have talked to so many of my friends about adult children, and they say there is not a book about it's it just because a whole other it's thing. so right. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Is, I, it is I've really heard that hard. Too. 
And we're getting to that point too. You're, our oldest is also 17 and we're getting to that point where like, okay, she's almost an adult and that letting go phase, of, Gosh, okay, we're just going to have to try. It is so stinking hard. Yeah. Um, and you can't make decisions for them. You have to trust that the Lord has got them and, and he is going to remain faithful and it's okay if they spin their knees a little bit. Yeah. But whew, that's, that's tough. But as you've been through the different seasons of motherhood, and as you talk to so many different moms who are in every season of motherhood, what do you see as the hard, hardest things in each of those seasons? I would say the three big ones that I hear about the most, and those are three chapters that I had in the book because I hear about them so much, are um, infants, newborns, Mm -hmm. Um, toddlers and teenagers. Hardest thing about infants is usually lack of sleep. Hardest thing about toddlers is zero emotional regulation, right? (laughs) Everything is a big deal. No (laughs) self-control. No self-control. You hand them their favorite plate and they're so angry at you because you handed them their favorite plate that they Uh asked for. You know, it just, there's no logic. And the thing about teenagers is exactly what you just said. You've got to trust that, assuming that you've been faithfully pouring in for all of these years, that as you peel back those layers of authority and control that you've been able to have up to that point, because it's your God-given responsibility to make decisions that help them out, right, that they will stay the path, Mm -hmm. assuming that they're even on the path. And that's terrifying. And I think that they go very inward, and they're dealing with emotions and hormones and Uh, body changes and life changes. And so you've got to also ferret out the things that speak to their hearts so that you don't just lose the connection altogether. And that takes a lot of intentionality, especially when you're in a stage of parenting like I had where I'm, like I am where I'm straddle parenting. I have toddlers, I have middle grade kids, I have elementary students, I have have preteens and I have teens. And um, all the principles are still true for all of them, but applying them differently, man, it really stretches you. Yeah. So how do you apply those? Like, let's give some practical ways. You sure. know, and let's kind of start with that early phase of those infants. And that is a hard phase and it's harder for some than it is for others. Yes, I've, it is. I've got friends who have said, I really don't like the infant stage. It's just sure. hard for them. I loved the infant stage. I just yeah. thought it was the most amazing thing ever. I've, I've really enjoyed most stages. I won't say all. The toddler stage for me was, was definitely the hardest. Yeah. Um, but there are some who just, you know, especially if they're dealing with postpartum depression yes. or anything like that. Let's talk kind of through those different stages of hardness sure. um, to these moms. And how would you encourage them if you were sitting with them having a cup of coffee? So I think that something that I say in Emma's for Mama, my first book, is something that we have to keep in mind. Rejoicing always, which is what scripture calls us to, is not the same thing as enjoying always. Mm. We are yeah. actually not called to emotionally love every stage that we're in. So if you find yourself in postpartum depression, which I have experienced, postpartum rage, which I have experienced, and I wrote a book called the uh, an ebook called The Gentleness Challenge, which was an exhortation to speak only gentle words for 30 straight days. Um, I have it on my website, and it's helped so many moms break free of that postpartum rage. Because hormones are, man, they are so yeah, nasty. They are. So what you are doing is finding practical in those newborn stages, if, if it's not your jam, which I talk about in the book, how the first time around wasn't really my jam because I just felt like, whoa, what in the world is going on? But I love it now. The Lord has made such a change in my perspective, my maturity, obviously my habits and my skill sure. sets. Um, but I really encourage people not to ignore the hard, not to pretend like it doesn't exist, but to get yourself a solid rhythm 
that helps you to cope with it because nothing lasts forever. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't getting very much sleep, instead of drinking five cups of coffee throughout the day, find yourself a supplement that gives you some natural energy. You know, Mm -hmm. if you absolutely cannot um, have any family members close by and you do have a good friend, swap some babysitting with her. Just have her come sit with a baby while you get a nap. I know that it's a lot to ask and like, but sometimes when we're struggling, we wallow in our struggles. Mm -hmm. When the Lord is over there, like, I'm trying to give you some little things that'll make it manageable. And then when we get those little things, it becomes more manageable. Nine months later, all of a sudden we're like, I made it through the hardest nine months and I start, I I feel like I feel alive. I'm alive and I start, (laughs) I feel a little bit more normal. Everything that was really hard before is not as hard now because Mm -hmm. the Lord does grow us. He really does kind of stretch us and and make us realize that we are a little tougher in his strength than we thought we were. Um, I have two toddler podcasts, which, so if you are wanting more than what I say here about toddlers, go there. Um, because they are my most listened to episodes. Cause I think that's the stage, just like you talked about that. Most moms are like, I can't even like what nobody, (laughs) nobody prepared me for this. Right. And even now with my ninth and 10th toddlers, although most of the things that they do don't phase me very much because I've seen them so many times, it's still frustrating. Like I'm driving home from teaching a class at the gym and they're squawking happily, sometimes not happily, but happily (laughs) in the back. And that is like the most benign toddler antic in the world. And yet my ears are still ringing, Yvette. And I would love to not be screeched at, even if it's happy screeched at, you know? And then of course, there's the version that's not happy screeched at. So with toddlers, you are constantly modeling what they can't grasp for themselves. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that I encourage parents to do is to remember that they're an adult and that toddler is a toddler. It would, it would probably amaze you if you haven't like talked yourself through this concept yet how much it helps your mindset to go oh right he hasn't had 29 36 you know 45 years to work on this he's had 18 months yeah we're gonna have to give some grace here right and then of course practical tips which i do talk about in the podcast but i think the biggest mindset shift there is the lord has called me to be the adult here of course he's not going to act like an adult. He's not there yet, you know, um, as opposed to how could I possibly be expected to deal with this kind of nonsense? Right. Expecting nonsense right. without a negative attitude can help you so much. Yeah. Um, teens, it's absolutely about going after their hearts. Yes, you have to hold the line on truth, but it's, I mean, find what foods they like, find what movies they like. Find where they want to go and what they like to do. And if it's not immoral, obviously, do that with them. Yeah. Ping pong, pickleball, um, playing board games, um, playing chess with them. Like, we can start to tap out at that age because we're tired. We are mm-hmm. weary of doing good. But if you can find a, a direct line into their hearts and pay attention, teens can be delightful. They oh, are yeah. so much fun. Yeah, they are fun. I love the teen years so much. Um I expected to love them because I had enough mentor moms who were ahead of me who said, they're not as bad as what people think, you know, and and if you're intentional about your parenting, again, not that it's easy all the time, but if you're intentional about your relationship with your girls, the teen years can be glorious. And sure enough, I mean, and it doesn't mean we don't have hard days. I mean, there are tears, there are tantrums. I call them teen drums. (laughs) We have lots of those things, but Man, the relationships that we've been able to build with our kids. And, and I, I think I 
attribute so much of it to homeschooling because I'm home with them. So I get to yes. build this relationship with them yes. because I'm home with them all the time. You know, right. and we go out, we do things and they spend time with their friends and they have other activities. But man, I love that I know my girls better than anyone else on this planet knows them. And there's so much joy in that. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Abby. Um, Let's talk about motherhood. So, I mean, we're obviously talking about motherhood, but (laughs) I want to dig a little bit deeper into motherhood. And again, we live in a society that I think tells us that we we don't want to do the hard thing. And sometimes motherhood can be oppressive. I mean, there's a whole movement of women who are adamantly opposed to even having children, which I think is so sad. Like they don't know the blessings of being a mother. Mm. And again, there are so many hard parts of motherhood but it's because they think it's oppressive. It's because they think we're going to overpopulate the world. I mean, there are mm-hmm. all these reasons. And and I personally believe this is an absolute tool of the enemy. The enemy does not want us to create, or him to create, of course, but us to bring more disciples, more Jesus-following kids into the world who will then further God's kingdom. Absolutely right? not, yeah. So talk about that because, I mean, that's, I think so many moms are like, it's oppressive. I don't want to do this motherhood thing. It's just too hard to do this. I'll tell you one of the saddest things I see on social media, because I kind of keep an eye on certain accounts that are extremely popular with all moms, maybe particularly secular moms, but I think a lot of um, Christ-claiming moms follow these accounts too. They're the kind of moms that share the memes that you chuckle at because you kind of can't help yourself, but then you, you you sit with what they're saying. You're like, you know what? She's right. She's right. It is too much for one person to deal with. I shouldn't be expected to do this. This is unreasonable. Society is putting a lot of expectations and a lot of oppression on me. And then you go into the comment section, and this is where my heart just breaks. It's mom after mom saying, nobody told me how little time I would have for myself, Mm. how hard these kids would be, how much I would dislike their personalities, how much mm. I would hate the monotony of putting food on the table every single day. Nobody told me, and they always say this, I love my kids, don't get me wrong, but I hate mm. being a mom. Ugh. And you're like, oh, I just got like bad chills from that. You yeah, know, like, me too. Like, oh, this is just like let down. Um, and I think it's because they're believing the lie that no one person should quote unquote be required to die to themselves this much. Yeah. And I said something in the last segment that said something like expect nonsense. And then I was like, oh, I need to, I need to caveat that because 
I'm with you on your friends that told you that the teenage stage was actually wonderful in many cases. I think expecting goodness from the Lord. Psalm 127, 13 says, I am confident of this. I will still see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. And that is a, a verse that I that I hang on to in a couple of chapters of this book when I was talking about the relationship with my dad. I'm confident of this. I will still see the goodness of the Lord in this situation. While I'm still alive, I will see yeah. His goodness played out in this. But when we can't cling to that, and all we're expecting is nonsense and oppression, and we've been, had this drilled into this, that motherhood is martyrdom, that it's that it's stupidly dying to yourself and giving up everything, as opposed to what the Bible says, which is, he who gives up his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. So it matters the motivation. I think you can be a very competent and excellent secular mom. But I think, meaning you can have good schedules, you can have well-behaved sure. children, you can do all these things, but you will be missing the breath of the Holy Spirit and the reason why you're doing this, that you are not doing it for the, the turnout. You are not doing it for the outcome. You are not doing it for me time. You are not doing it to have perfectly polished and pressed kids to show the world, to say, look what I accomplished. You're doing it for the glory of God, and He's using it for your good. And I... My heart breaks because I understand that without the Lord illuminating my heart with this truth, I could very easily be right there in that con comment section saying, people lie to me. This is terrible. I don't mm -hmm. like it. You know? Because there are days yeah. when we don't like what we're going through. Right. And yet we know the purpose is there, and so we press on. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes back to hope, right? Amen. Our hope is in Christ. And and when people don't have Christ, then they really are hopeless. Yeah. And whether it's with motherhood or homeschooling or marriage or anything else that's hard because yes. all of these things are hard. We feel like if we're not perfectly equipped to do all these things, mm. which we're not, not no, then it's not worth doing and it's oppressive. Right. But and, here's and, the thing. Yeah. We're we're not. We're not equipped to, to do any of this stuff, but God is and he yes. equips us to be able to do it. Yeah, and in fact in Romans it actually said suffering produces perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance produces character. In other words, without these really hard quote unquote oppressive things, we wouldn't have the perseverance and then the character. And what does character produce? What you just said, hope. Right. Yeah. Once you've gotten to that point where you realize I don't hate this anymore because the Lord has actually done surgery on my heart to change my view of this. You have hope for the future that you could have never had without Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are out of time, but we are going to come back, talk tomorrow more about heart is not the same thing as bad. This is Abby's new book, and I'm super excited about this book. You guys, it will be such a blessing to you. Um, Abby, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us um, and your wisdom. I, I love that you've got 17 years worth of wisdom to share. And I know that you're one who looks to other mentor moms. You've got those tightest two women in your life, including your own mom, yes. who you can just call on and say, hey, how do I get through this next phase of life? And we all need that. And so this book is a great resource for you from someone who's been there, but is also going through it. Yes. Um, and if you don't follow Abby on social media, follow her. She has so much great encouragement. Tell people again where they can follow you. You can find me on Instagram at m.is.4.mama. I'm on Facebook as well. You can follow my podcast, which is Emma's for Mama, and you can find my blog at emmasformama.net. All right. We'll put all those things in the show notes so you guys can listen to her podcast, follow her on social media. Uh, she has a wealth of information and wisdom. So Abby, thank you for being with us again today. You guys stay tuned till the very end of this episode so you can hear a clip of what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. 
And if you have not listened to our other podcast, our sister podcast, the Homeschool Insights Podcast, listen to that. It is a, we air that one five days a week and it's 10 minutes or less of just a boost of encouragement. So we take the very best clips out of every one of our podcasts. We have some from Homegrown Generation Family Expo and we just feed you bits of encouragement. They're usually about seven to 10 minutes each. So listen to that. It's the Homeschool Insights Podcast. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. So much of the fear we experience in failure is that we won't match up to public school standards, which I hope not. But I, I know I know they mean, I didn't mean to be snarky there, but I know they mean like the state standards sure. of reading by this age, fluent in this by this. The, the, and we're like, oh my goodness, my kids, are, uh, what are we? Uh, uh, and we, we lose sight of the fact that so many of those kids in those grades are not reaching those things either. And they're just getting left behind or they're not getting spoken yeah. to. And we have this incredible privilege to slow down, yeah. take a deep breath and say, what do I actually have to be afraid of? 